Expand and impact. Internal transformation for external impact. Achieve your goals without sacrificing yourself. I'm Violetta Znarkowski, but you can call me Violet. I heard this brilliant phrase the other day that I think speaks so powerfully about the human condition. We either move towards a transformational journey from a place of either inspiration or desperation. It's a well-known fact that most people are motivated to change through pain. But you don't have to be struggling in order to reset the trajectory of how you feel and how you live. You can act, move, and expand from a place of inspiration and curiosity. It's really easy for many of us to quickly name what we don't want and what we don't like. And this is partly due to how our brain works and perceives the world around us. And partly because of the conditioning, the stories, and the rules we've picked up over our lifetime. It's easy to complain and notice what isn't working and doesn't feel good. But can you just as easily claim what you do want? Claim what you desire? If your answer is no, or somewhere in between knowing and not knowing, a part of you feels like you know what you desire, what you really want out of your work and life, but if part of you may be a bit uncertain, maybe a bit skeptical that it's even possible for you. If you find yourself answering these questions somewhere in between, then you're right on track because it's not always so straightforward and as easy as it sounds. In time with practice, you get better at knowing which voice to listen to, which voice is communicating from that all-knowing part within and which voice is speaking from a place of fear or conditioning. But it's also normal to not fully know what you desire and what you really want. Want and desire are two different things. A desire is something that is deeply unique to you, which is one of my favorite things when talking with new people and listening to their stories, their dreams, where they were and where they're heading. Because their dreams, no matter how big they are, how crazy sounding, or how different, are their own and can't be replicated by anyone else. I was at a festival not too long ago and it was partly a music festival, there was a lot of cultural elements, there was art, there was acrobatics, it was part circus. It had all of the things. And I had this moment where I remember being really amazed by the talent of the acrobats and the commitment of the clown MC and thought that this is an incredible show and yet I would never want to do it, I would never want to participate in it. I never had a dream to be a clown or a performer, but I know many people who did. I met the funniest woman one day who had this very animated way of speaking and a killer sense of humor. The more I talked to her, the more impressed I was. I eventually learned that she had gone to clown school. A thought and a life pathway that literally never even crossed my mind. When I asked her why she went, 
She just said that she always knew she wanted to do it. She wanted to perform and connect with others in this way. This is a desire that doesn't necessarily have a logical explanation. The more we try to logic our way into understanding our thoughts, our feelings, and the situations we find ourselves in, the more disconnected from the true answers we become. Why do we want what we want? What are our daydreams like that we don't share with anyone else? These are really good questions to ask yourself if you're feeling an internal pull to change something in your life, but you aren't sure exactly what. Our interests and hobbies and passions are not there by accident. They're actually little trailheads to help you create a life that feels meaningful and fun to you. Many of us are so conditioned to struggle that there is a big part of us that doesn't believe we can actually get what we want if we're not losing sleep over it and if we don't work our butts off to get it or compete with others. This is why pain and desperation are great motivators for change. This is why burning out or becoming physically sick or having some other crazy things happen in your life that change what you knew to be real and true are the most common catalysts to choosing to do things differently, to changing your mind, to questioning what's been motivating you all of this time and considering how things can actually be different for a change. When you make changes and decisions from a place of curiosity and inspiration, on the other hand, it feels like you are flowing with life. It feels like the world is open to you and there are so many different options and possibilities and pathways you can choose from. There is simply less resistance and more clarity and certainty around your decisions. Have you felt like this before in any area of your life? Can you remember that moment now? The more you connect with yourself and your body, the stronger your self-trust muscle becomes. The easier it is to discern what's meant for you, what's a desire to follow and strive towards, and what's a want that stems from some other influences like the need to be liked, accepted, and do things right or correctly. I talk about the concept of forcing overflowing a lot. You may have heard it before in earlier episodes or in the content I post on Instagram and LinkedIn. Flowing doesn't mean things are always easy and that you don't have any challenges in your life. It's actually an ability to discern to know the difference between the actions and challenges that are there to help you grow and the ones that keep you in perpetual loops of dissatisfaction, anxiety, and that so common experience of not enoughness. Daydreaming is such an underrated practice that is one of the key components and absolutely essential to creating a life that is a reflection and a representation of your own unique desires and purpose. Everything that exists on the planet was once in someone's imagination. Think about that for a moment. Every item you have in your home, every building you see when you're walking on the street, every artistic landscape, 
first appeared in someone's imagination, in their mind, before it was invented and brought into this 3D world that we live in. When we don't give ourselves the space to daydream, we continue on the path of our struggles. How can we choose differently when our mind is cluttered with all of the noise of everyone's opinions and the expectations that we have of ourselves? You can't. You can't choose differently in that state. Because when you operate from this energy, you are operating from autopilot, moving, thinking, and acting from a place of habit. Daydreaming is a way to disrupt your autopilot. It's a way to disrupt our patterns so that we can create enough space internally to change our minds and to know what we actually desire, to tell the difference between what is our desire alone, no matter how far-fetched it can be or how far-fetched it is, and what's an idea that's been implanted into our subconscious and implanted into our mind throughout our life. To do this takes a lot of courage. It takes courage because you're reckoning with everything you've ever known and everything you've been taught. Notice how if you buy a new car, a new house, or have a baby or get a promotion, you get a lot of acknowledgement, a lot of recognition, and a lot of praise for it. And notice how almost no one claps for you when you set a boundary and keep it for the first time. Notice how no one claps for you when you leave a relationship that was not good for you. Notice how people react when you do share some of those hidden dreams and desires you hold deep down with people who do not think the way you do. Notice the public shaming and gossiping and talking down of folks who don't quite relate or understand. This is why it's hard to make changes in your life. From daily habits to bigger changes like switching careers, or leaving relationships. Because when you go against the grain and do things differently, you are disrupting the harmony of a pre-existing ecosystem. In nature, let's say, in the case of ants, I don't know. As you guys know, who've been around for a while, I am not the best when it comes to analogies, but I am practicing that skill because I really do want to get good at illustrating these concepts in like, I don't know, like artistic ways that make sense to everyone. So For this example, I thought of ants, so let's just roll with me for a second. Humor me. So, in the case of ants, right, you see them all moving in a straight line in and out of their ant hole, working together in unison to bring supplies back to their dwelling. And when you step in the middle of the pathway they've created, what happens? You notice the ants starting to run frantically and moving in all different directions, right? By stepping into their flow and into their way of doing things on the path, they're on, you've disrupted the natural order of things. And they don't know how to react and respond to that. So it looks a bit chaotic from the outside. The same goes for humans when we choose to do things differently. There may and most likely will be chaos before the calm after the storm. People will disagree with you, judge you, mock you, And even put you down because your new idea for yourself and your life are your new ways of doing things that comes with healing internal wounds and unblocking the limitations that have been keeping you small for so long goes against what's normal and what's expected of this system. 
there is a natural fear that arises of being left behind. We all have it. We've all felt it, myself included. There's that natural fear that we may make the wrong decision or not fit in with our family and our friend groups anymore if we decide to go down the pathway of self-exploration and transformation. Lucky for us, as humans, we have the privilege of choice. And we are the only species who are able to critically think, as far as I know anyway. And that means that we're able to lean into challenges and have hard conversations. We're able to learn how to focus on our own needs and honor our truth and our journey while also learning to still belong to a system. A system where you may be the only one who is doing it differently, thinking about things differently, breaking the cycle of different behavioral patterns that have been passed down generationally, different limiting beliefs that have been passed down. I'm here to tell you from personal experience that when you start to make even small changes in your life, be it your diet, choosing not to drink alcohol anymore, going to therapy, there will be people who don't understand and may project their own insecurities and judgments onto you. But if you can continue on the path, if you can continue to grow your connection to yourself, you become more resilient towards those external judgments and criticisms. You become more secure in your decisions and your choices because you have clarity around who you are, who you really are. And you have clarity around what you want more of in your life, whether that's a deeper and more meaningful relationships, more inner peace, a more fulfilling career, more control over your time and your finances. If you can grow your capacity to sit in the discomfort and the uncertainty of how, how you're experiencing something, how you're experiencing uncomfortable situations and emotions, you will create the changes you want to see in your life and the changes in how you want to feel. And when you can meet that discomfort and that uncertainty without getting consumed by it, without allowing your anxiety to spike and skyrocket, when you open your window and expand your window to be able to lean into discomfort without suppressing it or rationalizing it or ignoring it, you also grow your capacity to experience ease and pleasure. When you grow your capacity to handle stressful situations, then you grow your capacity to experience joy and excitement too. When you grow your capacity to have hard conversations, then you grow your capacity for intimacy and connection. You cannot experience the expansiveness of connection, ease and joy, without first learning to hold the contrast, the opposite of those things. This is something I see so often in the online space and the healing space and the personal development space and the therapy space. The contrast is necessary. You have to be able to hold both sides of it, the good and the bad, 
all parts of you, the ones that you love and the ones that may be a bit hard to hold, a bit hard to look at, because that's what makes a whole human and that's what makes up our entire human experience. The incredible thing is, and if you've been doing the inner work for a while, then you'll know what I mean when I say that eventually you get to a place where you can hold the pain and uncertainty while at the same time standing strong in self-trust and connecting with that deep inner knowing that you are capable and you will figure things out. That even if you don't know how it will look like, how things will change, how you're going to get to where you want to get to, you just simply know that deep down it will all work out. I wasn't always like this. I didn't always have this deep self-trust and this certainty in myself. From the outside, of course, I looked assertive and I looked confident. But deep down, I didn't exactly trust myself to make the right decisions for myself and in my life. I didn't trust myself enough to not get consumed when I was criticized, when people didn't agree with me, when things were getting hard and I was confronted and had to deal with conflict, whether it was at work or my relationships. I didn't have the best skills at the time to communicate in a way that was both effective, conscious, and mindful and kind. Because there was something missing. There was something missing with how I related to myself and how I saw myself. So my external appearance looked like I had it all together and I was this like confident person. But actually deep down, I struggled to know what decisions to make. I struggled to not be affected by how people saw me. And I was having a conversation with a friend the other day who relayed the same experiences to me. And you would never know it. You would never know this friend that I have who has come out of a country that doesn't have such a strong economy. She put herself through university, a master's program, lived in a different country, learned a very unique language. She speaks, I think, four languages now and appears so confident and in her decisions and she's living her life. And yet it's rooted in insecurity. It's rooted in self-doubt and fear. And I think maybe there's a part of you that can relate to this too. I didn't always have this deep connection to this part of myself that really trusted, that really trusted in life and in my ability to show up fully as myself and trust that I can be accepted for it and also trust that how I lead my life, how I choose to lead my life, can't be wrong. I had to learn how to trust myself more. I had to learn to regulate my emotions and not get consumed by the situations I faced throughout my life. I had to unlearn as well the very things that I identified with and that motivated me to make decisions from a place of fear, insecurity, and scarcity. I had to practice sitting in discomfort while trusting that my efforts aren't being wasted, but that I will eventually see the fruits of my labor. This is faith. 
This is the journey of moving from your busy brain to your heart. The journey of overanalyzing and making excuses for why something feels or looks the way it does to trusting yourself and your experience. Our society operates in a way that makes us distrust ourselves. We live in a culture that prioritizes the intellect of the mind and says that the body has no wisdom. But if you've felt like something was off in any situation, you can learn to trust that feeling. Intuition and inspiration are closely linked and they emerge from a place deep within you, not from the mind. But this is another skill to learn, another area of self-mastery to tap into and explore. It took me years to reconnect with this part of me that knows when something is off and when something feels good and when it feels right to know the difference between the two and to actually trust the feedback that I'm getting. To actually trust my own judgment and experience of a situation or a person. Right now, I'm actually actively strengthening my connection to my intuition. I'm practicing trusting these urges and these movements even more that come from my body and practicing noticing what my mind has to say about it. Your mind will always try to rationalize and convince you of something to keep you in situations that are comfortable, to keep you repeating experiences that are familiar, even when there is a part of you that knows it's not in your best interest and that there is more out there for you. The practice is to befriend these thoughts, to question them, and to strengthen your connection to yourself so that you can know the difference between justifying, analyzing, and rationalizing a situation and being honest with yourself about how you're actually experiencing it, what you're actually feeling, and what you want instead. The practice is noticing these thoughts and noticing how you react when they are in the driver's seat, when they're leading you, and deciding whether those reactions are serving you whether those reactions are reflecting your best self and how you want to be perceived in the world, how you want to move and navigate the world. If there's a part of you that feels like something is off, something doesn't feel quite right, whether right now or in the past, maybe you can identify a situation throughout your life. I have hundreds of situations that I can share and moments where I didn't trust what I was experiencing. But if there is that part of you at one point or another that you notice that feels like something is off, you can learn to trust that part. But this part, this one that is guiding you, this one rooted in self-trust and your intuition, the one that can call out a red flag and call it a red flag instead of seeing a red flag and then moving into it and seeing it as a challenge or something that can be fixed or needs to be fixed. This voice, this guiding voice, is quiet. And it will be 
a subtle urge, subtle direction coming from your body. If the voice is loud, if it makes you feel unworthy or disconnected or reactive, or you notice yourself blaming someone or something else, if it's loud and disruptive, then I invite you to get curious about this voice. Because often the loud, disruptive voices, the ones that throw us off balance and make us second-guess ourselves, are coming from parts of us that are afraid. It's an art to be able to notice the quieter and more gentle impulses and urges. Your intuition will never yell at you or make you feel bad. It will never criticize you. It will never call you ugly or stupid. Only your self-protection and your self-preservation mechanisms will do that. At the start of this podcast, at the very start, one of the first episodes I recorded and shared, I shared a story when I got violently sick when I was living and working in Hong Kong. I share this story everywhere on all the socials, so if you're interested, just send me a message and I can um, tag you in the actual episode where I share the story, but I think it's like the first or second one. Anyway, in this situation where I got violently sick, I ignored the subtle red flags I was noticing and rationalizing my experience to stay in a place that actually wasn't very supportive for me. I rationalized every single red flag I noticed and every feeling I felt in my body until my body made it so that I couldn't ignore it anymore. I couldn't ignore any of these red flags. And for me, it manifested in physical illness. When you don't make a practice out of listening to that quieter voice and those impulses and urges that you notice in your body, those sensations, then it will just get louder and louder until you can't ignore it anymore. When you're steering too far off course, it will create a situation or put you in a situation or manifest physically in your body until you have to stop and slow down and reconsider how you're living your life, the choices that you're making, the decisions that you're making, who you're surrounding yourself by. But it doesn't always have to be this way. It all ties back to the earlier question of making changes from a place of desperation or inspiration. You can choose to act from a place of intrigue and curiosity. You can act on the desire to keep learning and growing and exploring without all of that struggle attached. Even in your healing and personal development journey, you can't allow it to be fun. You can't allow it to inspire you and come from a place of curiosity instead of from a place of pain. For me personally, I had to go through the struggle, many years of the struggle. I think most people have to go through the struggle actually at first anyway to choose to finally seek new information, support, and to make different choices. At the core of this really is not knowing how to listen to yourself like we've been exploring throughout the entirety of this episode. Not trusting that you can make the right decisions and also not knowing how to trust your own experience of something. But not everyone experiences it in this way, of course. For some, it may be more subtle from the very beginning and not as dramatic 
Nonetheless, our body gives us signals, always guiding us, and our mind and ability to analyze and rationalize get in the way of us being able to notice those signs. Not only the way our mind works, which gets in the way of us connecting with our body and our intuition, but also in society from a very young age, we are taught to distrust our own experience. Think about those moments in school where you had to use the bathroom and you remember raising your hand as a little kid saying that you need to go to the bathroom. Maybe the teacher let you go. So you go, you come back and maybe you had to go again soon after and the teacher tells you no. The teacher tells you that you're not being honest and that you're lying about having to go again. They project this idea that you have some ulterior motive as to why you need to leave the classroom again. And from that moment forward, you start to second guess yourself. Well, do I need to go to the bathroom? Do I have an ulterior motive? Did I do something wrong here? Because someone just yelled at me. And when someone yells, I know that means that I did something wrong. So we start to internalize this and we start to distrust our experience. You can change your mind at any time, though. You can take a small action right now. You can get curious about what keeps popping up in your daydreams. You can commit to exploring your interests more without having to earn or deserve them or there being a reason for you to do something. You can follow your curiosity and choose to do something, anything, because you simply want to because it feels good, because it's interesting. When you argue for your limitations, you get to keep your limitations. But when you lean into curiosity and gently follow those little trailheads that appear, you get to uncover a world of possibility beyond what you knew is possible. One of my mentors, well, not actually mentors, it's actually this entrepreneur that I really admire, but I have never met in my life or ever exchanged a conversation. But I will one day. Jesse Itzler, I'm coming for you. And your wife, Sarah Blakely, I'm coming for you. And we are going to meet one day. And maybe you will even be on this podcast. Anyway, this entrepreneur that I admire asks this question when he gives, um, like when he does public speaking. And he asked, do you know what the difference is between you and your parents? And the answer, it's one generation. One generation is the degree of separation that allows you to be curious about yourself and learn anything you want just by typing it into Google. One generation is the difference where you have the opportunity and the privilege to explore different ideas and podcasts and perspectives with almost no effort one generation and you get to actually ask yourself these bigger questions and follow through on your desires that maybe your parents and your ancestors didn't have the opportunity or the possibility to. Maybe their existence was rooted in survival, was rooted in war, or was impacted by war, and maybe the primary focus was getting food on the table and keeping everyone safe. If you are not having those thoughts right now or that experience, then that is a level of privilege. And with that privilege comes an obligation and a responsibility to 
use these opportunities of self-exploration and asking these bigger questions and actually making changes that leave you feeling fulfilled and happy. If you have the privilege to daydream, you have both an opportunity and an obligation to do so. If you have the privilege to relax and rest, you have an obligation to do so. If you have the privilege to change your mind and do things differently so that you get a different outcome, a different result, you have an obligation to do so because the work you do on yourself inevitably trickles outward and impacts those around you. I can't even begin to tell you how my relationships have changed in the last five years alone. My relationships are different, they're better, because I'm different. I'm more myself than I've ever been, and still practicing showing it more and more, especially through the medium of this podcast. The more I connected with myself and learned to finally listen to me, the more I saw myself and accepted myself. And when that happened, when that started to happen, the easier it became to see and understand and accept others. The easier it became to be patient, to be more empathetic. And the more opportunities I started to attract into my life that felt exciting and fun instead of feeling so serious and like something I should do that if I don't do it, I'll let someone down or that I should do because it'll make me look successful and it's just simply the right thing to do. I want this for you too. We live during a unique time where we get to ask these questions. We get to explore different ideas, these ideas, and try new things and change our minds. Not everyone around the world has this opportunity. Not every country has eradicated mass poverty and given citizens equal rights to education. There are moments where you're in survival mode, thinking about making rent or getting food on the table and thinking about your physical safety. And then there are the survival moments or the survival mode that we all experience that is rooted in fear, but not exactly connected to a real external danger like poverty or a lion chasing us. If you struggle to daydream, If you struggle to allow your thoughts to go there, to go way out there and just go wild. If you struggle to know what you want and what you desire, it's possible that there are parts of you that need some reassurance, that need some love. It's possible that there are parts of you who need to learn to slow down and to feel safe moving slower. When you are constantly running on overdrive, That's what becomes normal for the system. Just as you've learned to grow your capacity to shoulder a lot, a lot of stress, even when you know it's not serving you, you have to grow your capacity to feel good and have more fun and be more relaxed in your body and in your life and in your career. You know, pleasure can be something that is a part of your life, Because you're human and not something that you need to earn or work your way towards. If you haven't sat down lately to daydream and cultivate some intimacy with your desires, then this is your invitation to set some time aside and do so. 
allow your thoughts to run free and get creative. Create a vision for your life. Create goals that excite you, that leave room for you to prioritize your life as well. That leave room for you to prioritize your own mental health and your own well-being so that you are also giving yourself permission to enjoy the journey instead of striving towards a specific goal. This is your invitation to take a moment of slowness and be with yourself and get curious and see what comes up. You may just be surprised at what you find. There's room for magic everywhere. If any of this speaks to you, then this is an invitation to reach out because I love hearing from you and what lands for you in these episodes. So send me a DM or tag me in your stories, take a screenshot of this episode, and share with me some of your thoughts about this conversation. You can find me at Expand and Impact on all the socials. And if you're interested in exploring mentorship opportunities or small group trainings, this too is a possibility if you're feeling the pull and if you're feeling curious. All you have to do is reach out to me directly and you'll hear back from someone from our team really soon. As always, thank you for being here. And if you know someone who would benefit from this message and from this episode, do me a big one and forward it to them. We're not meant to do this journey on our own. Well, that's it for this week. Cheers to your health, wealth, and happiness, and I'll catch you in the next episode. Remember, expansive education plus inspired action equals an impactful life. <laughs>